It's Sunday morning. Welcome to Dr. R.T. Colored River Connections podcast. Visit my new webpage, www.rtkennedysenior.com and purchase my book, Colored River. Also, my podcast is on these following platforms, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Spotify and copy RSS. As usually, I start with the scripture, but I want to do something different. I want to take the book by Mitchell and Luther called Soul Theology. And I want to read what W.C. Barton penned and what some of the hymns that have been around the black church for centuries. James Cleveland said, there's a brighter side somewhere. Don't you stop until you find it. Thomas Dorsey said, the Lord will make a way somehow. Another popular gospel song personalizes God's goodness, says God is so good to me. I don't deserve him as I should. I don't deserve all of this good. So many things are not as they should be, but God is so good to me. That was by Doris Akers. And W.C. Martin wrote, I trust in God wherever I may be, upon the land or on the rolling sea. For come what may, From day to day, my Heavenly Father watches over me. It was a year ago that God led me to create a special podcast that was centered around the book, Colored River. The podcast title would be Dr. RT's Colored River Connections. My intent was every week to tell a story about Colored River, explain to the internet audience what really took place in Freestone County, Texas in the middle 1800s and early 1900s. Since I began this project of faith, I felt like Ezekiel many times in the Valley of Dry Bones. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and he set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. In 1972, I heard the prophecy of my grandmother, Annie Beecher's child, Henderson. Russell, you will tell the story of the stolen land in Freestone County, Texas. And you will follow my late husband in ministry, Reverend William Henderson, and you will preach the word of God. I was 21 at the time. I preached 30 years before I retired from pastoring. For the past 100 years, Colored River had been a memory of the past, lying in the Valley of Dry Bone in a county called Freestone and a state called Texas. But thanks to my cousin, Dr. E. Henderson Lawson, and yours truly, Colored River is no longer lying waste in the Valley of Dry Bones but has taken on breath and life and is now alive and surging with God's almighty truth. Every week you will, on my podcast, you will be invited to my studio to hear the truth of what happened in Freestone County, Texas. Today's podcast, The Empty Courtroom. Do you remember the movie, the book, To Kill a Mockingbird, written by Harper Lee, set up in a small town of Macomb, Alabama, during the Depression. To Kill a Mockingbird follows three years in the life of eight-year-old Scout Finch and her brother, Jan. The narrator and protagonist of the story, Jean Louise Scott Finch lives with her father, Atticus, her brother, Jam, and their black cook, Capernio, and Macomb. She is intelligent and by the standards of her time, placed, time and place, a tomboy scout has a combative streak and a basic faith in the goodness of the people in her community. As the novel progresses, this faith is tested by the hatred and the prejudice that emerged during Tom Robinson's trial. Scout eventually develops a more grown-up perspective that enables her to appreciate human goodness without ignoring human evil. Atticus Finch, Scout's and Jim's father, a lawyer, and Makem descended from the old local family. And widower, with a dry sense of humor, Atticus has instilled in his children his strong sense of morality and justice. He is one of the few residents of Makem committed to racial equality. When he agreed to defend Tom Robinson, a black man charged with raping a white woman. He exposes himself and his family to the anger of the white community 
with his strongly held convictions, with empathy, Atticus functions as the novel's mural background. As I travel back in history, I enter into the Fairfield District Courtroom in Fairfield, Texas. I stand back of the courtroom, listening and looking intensively to what I see, remembering what was written in our book, Colored River. As in Ezekiel 38, I have come to this empty courtroom to set in motion racial equality and truth. 100 years ago, this courtroom was full of bodies, the judge, the clerk, the lawyers, the plaintiffs, and sometimes the defendants, the black farmers, were not there. We could have used Atticus Finch to help us with this civil rights case against a black farmer's stolen land, but he was not there. The reputation of justice was empty, invisible. It was not there in that courtroom to protect these black farmers. All of my ancestors wanted was legal representation. They were citizens of Freestone County, Texas. They had had that land since the 1870s. They were given deeds by E.A. Mahaya. Their children were born on their land. They loved their wives and their family on their land. They were farmers. They owned horses, cattle, livestock, pigs. They fenced in their land. It was their land until the white man came and saw that blacks owned this land and decided to come up with a sinister plan to take the land from these black farmers. This story is so emotional. It was hard to do research over all these years, especially when we started to find what really happened. The reasons I know that the decision that the judge made in the 1900s concerning the black farmers when he said default. Default means failure to fulfill an obligation or to appear in a court of law. Carol Baker suggests that the black farmers, especially the Henderson men, could not have come to that courtroom because Sheriff Burlington had arrested them for stealing a hog after the courtroom had emptied and the land had been divided between the selected white men in the courtroom. There was nothing else for the black farmers to do. They made it impossible for them to live in peace and many of them were killed and beaten. 
so they moved to other lands within the community and never forgot the land they learned to love and the land that was given to them by E.A. Mahaya. But the harm had already been done. The courtroom was empty. What happened after 1915? Well, one of the men in the courtroom, PDC Ball, Freddie Hill, I didn't want to touch on PDC Ball, the Fairfield Recorder, a newspaper in Fairfield, Texas, wrote this, called it the local history. PDC Ball of St. Louis was the largest individual landowner in East Texas. Much of his land was located on Hugh Henderson, Jim Henderson, William Henderson, Ezekiel Henderson's land, outside of Butler, outside of Oakwood, west of the Trinity River. And I started to research the companies that were connected to PDC Ball and Freddie Hill. Here are some of the names, Robocall Energy Incorporated, Wentworth Energy, and Marathon Oil. And not only did PDC Ball gain wealth from these oil gas companies, listed in a Fairfield Recorder, but PDC Ball owned land associated with mineral properties in Anderson, Freestone, and Jones County. The family of PDC Ball began to sell off the black farmer's stolen land in 1960 and 1950. The family of PDC Ball kept at least half of the mineral rights gas and oil rights, what came in, and the properties of the black farmers were given no opportunity to keep anything from their land that was stolen. Being a minister, I have always been taught to seek the undivided truth wherever it may lead. When Dr. E. Henderson Lawson and myself started investigating on what happened, we found collusion, we found theft, we found crimes. So here's the $1,000 question. How did we get here? Well, our front cover of our book says it all. Based on actual events, This is not some story we created in the midnight hour. All we did was do real research and our sources brought us credible evidence of the great land theft conspiracy in Texas history. We found collusion, which is illegal corporation or conspiracy, especially in order to cheat or deceive others. The black farmers, the Henderson family, they were cheated. They were deceived by the alliance. Those white men in that all-white district courtroom. 
we found collusion. These are, these are the crimes we found. We found that state judge A.M. Blackman was part of this sinister plan. He took off his robe and became a plaintiff against the black farmers. Freddie Hill and R.N. Compton conspired to take Jim and other black farmers' land using this formula. Gave promissory notes or vendor's liens on property that was not theirs, that was already owned by the black farmers. Force under the rest to sign or lose their property. And this comes important because Jim Henderson, they said, signed under the rest. Nancy Allen, his wife, refused to sign. She was educated. She didn't want to sign and didn't. But later on, she was killed. And on her death certificate, cause of death, these white people put, only dead. Sometimes they sued the defendants for defaulting on something that was theirs regarding the vendor liens. They used a special district judge, George Fryer, in place of H.B. Davis, who was sick at the time. They used the same attorneys for the black farmers, T.H. Bonner, Aria Wilford, and W.W. Ballou. And these attorneys blindsided these black farmers. Everything was designed against these black farmers to steal their land. Some court cases against the black farmers didn't end up in court. They never got to court. But when they did get there, they had to face fraud, false documents, and lien titles that were brought by these white people against the black farmers. Like I said, they were blindsided. They had no ability to win in the court of law against these white people. That's just the facts in Texas. After the Civil War, going into the 1900s with Jim Crow on the rise, we call these white men the Alliance, and you can read it in Chapter 6, page 91 of Colored River. In fact, the black farmers had already lost their land before the courtroom had been emptied. The state of Texas became nationally important regarding oil, gas, minerals, lignite coal that was illegally taken from the land of the black farmers. After 1916 to 1930s, the conspirators started selling off this land to other people. 
to other oil companies. They lease this land to, to other businesses. And the black people didn't get one red cent. And then the state legislature of Texas came up with the state, the law, statutes of limitations, and put restraints on anyone trying to take them to court. So I started this podcast to speak truth to power. Citizens of Texas should know the facts and truth about what happened in their county of Freestone. Last Sunday, I talked about reparation. I just want to hit on it just for a minute. And it's the making amends for a wrong one has done by paying money to or otherwise helping those who have been wronged. My question as a springboard to the black farmers' reparations of Freestone County, Texas, who did it to them? Or what members, what citizens of Freestone County were involved in this sinister plan of theft? Well, there are two answers to this question. Dr. E. Henderson Lawson have given credible facts to those who live in Fairfield and Freestone County who took down these 30 black farmers. In our book, we have submitted names of the alliance, but there are also other agencies that should also be liable to this civil rights lawsuit that hopefully is coming up in the near future. The city government of Fairfield should be liable. They had people engaged in this sinister plan. The county government of Fairfield was also should be liable. They also have people involved in this sinister plan. The law enforcement agency of Fairfield, Sheriff Burleson, who contributed to arresting illegally black farmers, should be liable. He took an oath to protect the citizens of Freestone County, but were blindsided when it came to the black farmers. The banks who gave money to the Alliance to hire oil, mineral-related companies to come on the land of black farmers and drill, collect data, they should be liable. All the oil companies and gas companies should be liable. And if you really want to get down to the facts, the Railroad Commission of Texas, who gave permission for people to come on the black farmer's land, they should be liable. And I got these facts from the www.rrc.state.texas.us. Got this information from them. But they came up with a permanent rules and regulation for oil and gas in Texas. Down there in Freestone and Anderson County. They said, Rule 3 says the acreage assigned to the individual gas well 
for the purpose of allocating allowable gas production. Oil companies associated with PDC Ball, Daniel Oil and Royalty Company, Shell Oil Company, Marathon Oil Company, Roboco Oil Energy Incorporated Company, and much of this land that they came on is called the J.Y. Aguilera Survey, and Brianda Grant Survey. And next week, it would be good to discuss the history of J.Y. Aguilera Survey and the Rianda Grant Survey, how they are connected to the black farmers' stolen land. Let's discuss next week. Let's take the late civil rights icon leader, John Lewis, and call next week's podcast Investigating the Black Farmers' Civil Rights and call it Good Trouble in Freestone County, Texas. Over the years, I have never forgotten about my ancestors. And the heirs of my ancestors are all across America. The heirs of Jim and Nancy Allen Henderson. Those are called Allens or Hendersons. We share blood. Although I haven't met all of them yet. I have met many. It is my hope that one day we will have a large family reunion. The next one in 21 will be in Detroit. And I will provide information on Facebook, Instagram, about the reunion. We're trying to get the Hendersons together. But as I remember Jim, as I remember Nancy, as I remember Hugh and Zillian, the slave from Madagascar who gave birth to Jim Henderson in 1840. One night, while just lying in the bed, I took up a pen and a notebook. I asked God to give me a voice and write a poem about the black farmers, the Hendersons of Freestone County, Texas. And late that night, early in the morning, I wrote, the voices of the dead are never silent when justice sleeps. The voices speak loud and clear along the dark Trinity River. Through the oak woods they whisper the sounds of freedom. Their cries are heard at the morning dawn. Their graves are marked with wooden crosses and old dusty gray bricks. 
Their bones rest beneath the Texas dirt as their memories flow down through history. Perhaps as we become still, we can hear their eternal voices. The voices of dead are never silent when justice sleeps. The hours after midnight become long and mystic. I try to hear their voices, but I only see their shadows swiftly wandering through twilight before dusk. Remembering their laughter, the sweet sound of their voices, it becomes like a crystal clear mirror. The mirror reflects their spirits. Their spirits reflect their lives in Texas. I shout out to them, but it's like distant cries that covers the dark Trinity River. A voice cries out to me, don't be afraid. It's only the blood that cries out to you. Come and walk with us through history. I'll see you next week. Y'all be safe. Wear your mask. Wash your hands. This virus is deadly. It's killing thousands of people every day. Do what you can to remain alive. Much love. Dr. R.T. Colored River Connections. See you next week. Take care.